please be advised that this podcast may contain strong language and themes of an adult's nature. So usually on Tuog, I include something from my shifty free write archives in the beginning of each episode. I usually use this to set the tone for the episode or highlight my emotional takeaways. Just to give you a heads up, I am not doing that this episode. I'm not doing it because I think what I have will be triggering. So instead, this is me giving you a trigger warning. This episode absolutely contains conversations of a sexual nature that some listeners may find difficult. If you want to listen to the episode regardless, whilst avoiding the parts that talk about the more sensitive issues, you can. Please see show notes to understand which bits you may want to skip. Also embedded in show notes is information on a number of Nigerian organizations that actively campaign for the protection of human rights and provide support for people who have experienced various forms of violence, discrimination, and harassment. If you can, please visit their website for ways you can volunteer your time or show support through donations. My mother told me that she will buy me a rubber dolly if I was good, good, good. And now for the Unsullied with Orica Goddess. Get in there. There's the power that needs the spotlight, but there's also the power behind the scenes. A bridge. Between a time when there was no opportunity and a time when doors began to open. Obama said that. He said that of music executive Clarence Avant in the 2019 documentary on Netflix titled The Black Godfather. In that documentary, Clarence Avant was called Everybody's Mentor. And today, I bring you mine. Now, he's going to hate that I'm saying this, but in many ways, I do see him as a Clarence Avant. He has had his hand in the making of movements like Light Up Nigeria, set up careers for musicians, mixed media performance artists, theater productions, casting unknown talent in projects that have made household names of them. He is the actual indie plug for filmmakers producing movies you know and I am not allowed to name. He's an architect, and I don't mean that in the metaphoric sense either. If you're sitting in a hotel in Lagos, Actually, no, let me punch out of that. Um, so let me go from states and do regions. If you're walking through Europe and the Middle East and Africa, there is a solid chance that you're walking through a space that he has designed in his capacity as an art director, design and brand stylist for the Renaissance Hotels, a luxury hotel brand of Marriott International. I've known him since I was a wildling, club hopping from Marketplace to Sesto and Edra Road. Dinners in his home in England are where publishing deals are made, writers meet directors, and funding discussions turn to deal signings. He's a self-trained Afrofusion chef that makes my much-loved dishes at Nok Bailara in Lagos taste like a preschooler's attempt. His homemade, freshly baked bread, ewagoi, and atadindin is still, hands down, my favorite way to comfort food. And that is me playing hard favorites by not name checking his other more extensive offerings. 
There's a lot that I want to tell you about this man and the things he has inspired. There's a short story on my website, for instance, that I wrote after my first visit to his home where I sat in this deliciously rich green leather chair he had with the most beautiful mahogany trimmings. I remember sitting there thumbing through his collection of Marvel comics and feeling awash with favor. He doesn't just encourage me. He puts me in situations where I have no choice but to win, even when I get in my own way. I'm working on a one-woman play, for instance, and the grand design of the final piece, when I get out of everybody's way, will be something else that he has done, making connections, designing futures, bridging the gap, being the magical creature that never turns a spotlight on himself, even though he himself is an uber-talented orator and writer. He's a graphic novel collector, art enthusiast, photographer, producer, curator, design consultant, and the man behind the Cerebral Causality brand. His name is Oluwasheyi Oluwagbemiga Olanrewaju Adetokumbo Awulisi. I call him Sage, and this is why he's on Solid. That's right. You're just putting me on blast. Seriously? Who are you talking about? I didn't Please, name the things. I'd like to meet the, I, listen, I'd like to meet that guy. So I didn't name check up. the things, but if you want me to get me <laughs> no, no, you don't and start name checking the things, I will name check. Okay. Let them know the things you have worked on. Sh- should I? Do I have the No, permission? no, it's, it, we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. We're good. But, but am Thank I still you. lying though? You're talking about this amazing individual and I, I would really like to meet that person. Okay, yeah, cool. Definitely. You know, you'll yeah. meet him soon. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about the man in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Rex. God is Orica. Eh? Okay, continue. Continue. God bless you. Thank you very Amen. much. Amen. God bless you it. as you have blessed and touched Amen. and done wonderful things for others. God bless you abundantly. Amen. 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 Lord God. <laughs> so, <laughs> why you act like You're I'm so wicked? Why you act like You're I'm so punishing wicked. you? Like how is this torture you are for you right punishing now? Me. Like I'm literally sweating bucket loads right now. And you're, I see you just yeah. doing your your um single white <laughs> My rocking, rocking yeah. in the chair over there. Uh huh. Why are you fanning yourself? I'm, is your heater I'm on? Why are you hot? Why no, are you sweating? No, no. Oh, I'm Lord. hot. <laughs> oh Lord, this is this. Can you see? The you know, I don't do interviews. I don't do interviews. I don't. Can you don't can you hear what I said? Or can you see that I'm not lying now? What I said earlier about <laughs> this man just for him is the spotlight is not something he ever he's interested in. He is. He will meet you and just know what you should be doing with your life. Yeah. Have conversations with you and help you make it happen. But then one conversation with him, like, oh, you know, what are you doing? And he's he's sweating. Yes, no. But you know, I'm not. It's it's not that bad. I'm I'm cool. God got me. I'm really? the poster boy for God's love. Let's go. Yeah. Dab the left side. You you missed you missed that part. Jesus. Dab just now. Mm, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you, what's your origin story? My origin story, I guess. You know, I'm I'm the last of five kids. Um, born to Cecilia Latunde Awolisi and um, my father Oluwatosi. Uh, I will say as well. Um, but Oluwatosu Babatunde, I will say, um, uh, an engineer 
and uh, a, psych- a psychologist. Um, and my mum was a chef and a, and, a, and, a, and a teacher and a lecturer and a businesswoman. She was a my definition of what a woman really, really should be, or you know, the kind of woman that inspires me when I when I think about African women. She she did it all. So yeah, that's that's my sort of origin story. I was I was born in the UK, um, went back to Nigeria, um, and then from then traveled. Um, to America, traveled to New York, from New York back to London, London, spent some time in Portugal, spent some time in in Rome, studying, and then back to the UK and then just everywhere else through travel for work and stuff. Origin story. Origin story. You didn't really, you didn't really dig deep, but we'll get there. Don't worry. We'll enter the origin well, and you know, you know the parts <laughs> I'm after. You know it well because, because those are the parts that ah, when you turn it on, it's like a, it's like when you're trying to switch on the old school posers where you're like tahu, tahu, Broom. That's right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you just tahoons. We're coming back for the remaining tahoons. <laughs> Don't worry. If you were yeah. a book, you wish your parents read before they had kids, before uh-huh. they had you specifically, mm-hmm. even. What would you be? And who would write you? If I was a. Oh, um. Hmm. If I were a book. Like a title, or would it like I don't know? Like uh, if I were a book, it would be like a make of that. Thing, I guess. Make of that whatever you want. It could be autobiographical. It could be nonfiction. Um, fiction. It could be. It could be um anime. Uh, not anime. What's that one? Manga. Whatever. Whatever. It, it's, it's it probably book. end up being a. It, it, it could probably be a end how up to. being a graphic novel. Okay. It'll be a graphic novel. Uh, I think it'd be a graphic novel, and it would probably be written by my um. My deceased brother, he'll be one of the three writers I would want to write it because um, he actually started writing a book about me before he passed away, Stop. which was really odd. Like did, he, did he tell you or you found it when you were going through his things after he passed? It was a combination of both. Cause like once he would like, he, one, of the, one of his more famous sayings is like, why do you think you're gonna make it out happy? We're all miserable. And I'm like, ah, no, please may I reject that one. But, um, <laughs> He wrote it and it was like the life and times of an architect, which to be quite honest with you, I never really liked the title, but um, he, he got in, you know, he got it started and it wasn't about architecture at all. It was about my life. It was about things that he'd witnessed and, you know, um, and it, it wasn't really, it wasn't like autobiographical as in, in a sense, but it was more to do with what he'd witnessed me going through and his perspective on, on, on matters and me being like, you know, just completely dedicated to him and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. So how far would, into the book the did one. he get before he passed away? I think maybe about three chapters or something. Is it know? something that you would ever try to, to finish, whether you yourself or hand it over to somebody else who you feel is an authority or at least has a voice similar to your brother's to 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 carry on and finish um if i were to do anything with it i would more do, um like to sort of have a uh, uh, 
a little bit of a creative interpretation of it, like maybe some shorts or something. So have leave it as the three chapters it is right now, not add anything to it yeah. so much as it as re repurpose it into a different medium. Yeah. I see. I see. Exactly. Okay. Um I think that would probably be it. But the other two writers, I mean these writers I adore anyway, um, would be B. Bandele um and uh Ben Okri. You know. I like my Nigerian writers. What yes, you do. Okay, so what would the book be called <laughs> now that we know the authors? Ooh, Grace. Interesting. Sorry, you Grace. didn't mention your brother's name, actually, did you? Did I miss that part? You didn't? Oh, wow. My brother had several names. Like, he went through. Uh, hello, we're, we're, we're Africans. We have 25 names yeah. on our birth certificates. No, 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 we no, run he... out of paper writing our, our, our names. So go ahead. <laughs> when I... That's true, but when I tell you what I mean when I say he went through a lot of names, he was born Oluwayomi, um, Olumide, Babafunsha uh, Awolisi, right? Um, he changed his name to <laughs> Oliver St. James at one point, um, still using Awolisi. Uh, then he became um, Clearwater, which was actually a shout out to one of his friends that we all grew up in the same neighborhood and stuff because that guy's name was David Clearwater Osage. So my brother became Clearwater after his first bout with cancer, which he survived. And on his uh, on his journey of um, trying to find peace, religion, um, well, not religion, God, but he went went through different religions. He became Al-Kamil because he converted to Islam before he died, uh, which was not on his deathbed sort of conversion, but like after a few years of surviving his first bout of cancer. So yeah, that's, his last name was Kamil. So Kamil Awolesi, basically. That's why I said like, there's a there's a plethora of names, um, but he ended up on Kamil. But it was That's so beautiful. And at the time when he p- passed, um, was mm-hmm. and if it's okay with me asking, his final request, what was of the course. final name he wanted to to go with? Yeah, Camille. Beautiful. I mean, that's we always had. We, I mean, we constantly ribbed him about it because in our family, shade is how we show love. Um, so, <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Like, please, if anybody comes around my family, you better come with a bulletproof vest or just roll up in a tank because we show love. Ooh, you either up. protect yourself or you gun people down. Either either way, One, listen, <laughs> it's gonna be blood. Either way, just understand, <laughs> shelling is going to happen. There'll be limbs flying all over the place. You'll be like, "Whoa, okay, this is this is real." So you would want your parents to read before having your siblings, and especially before having you, a book called Grace, written by Camille Awolesi, or B. Yes, Bandele, or Ben Okri, or or Ben Okri. Yeah. Why Grace and why those people? Grace mainly because every so often when I, in my in, in my meditative states, I, I look back on things that I've endured and or you know been through, and the overarching narrative of it all ends up being just the fact that I, I feel that I'm blessed, that like there's a lot of grace. I'm here because of the grace of God, because of the grace of you know kindness. People having faith in you when you are like, yeah, who is this person? You know, it's it's grace, definitely. Um, 
And because, wow, like my childhood was an incredible, like I did, I did certain things in my childhood, which quite frankly, it, when I think back about it now, I'd be like, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't do that because you, it's the grace of God that protected me, basically, is what I'm saying. Is there an obscure TV show or film uh, or maybe a theme song from a show or commercial that you remember so well it's unreal? And bonus points if it's impacted you in some way. Oh, Lord. Okay, so... It's funny, as soon as you asked that question, the one that came to my mind, um, I'm just trying to remember the name of the, the, the show, but the theme to use it was like, la, 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 I'm hearing someone whistling it now as well. Oh, man, I... Exactly. Oh, it's on my TV shows. Yeah. Something about the... Oh, God. And I know if I Google la la la, it's not going to come up because la 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 is nothing. <laughs> but it's, no, no, no. You you probably get the movie la la land. I will get. Stuff, I will but, get um, la la land, won't I? But I know it's on the tip of the, my tongue. Something. It was. It basically was like a cartoon show as well as a puppet show. You know, like there were people, obviously grown adults dressed in like you know, in 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 costumes and stuff. Um, I really like to remember it, but I can't. If it comes to us, the banana splits. The banana it splits. Is? I think it was. It is? I'm not sure. Is it? I That's think not it's the one the I banana. thought it was. Check. No, 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 la, 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 la. Hey, listen, I'm showing my age. <laughs> it's good. Oh, it's geez. good. We love it. <laughs> Are there any lessons from it that you learned, which you know, on some level, it's it's. It's impacted you in a way where you're either not doing something or you are doing something, or anytime you do something, you think, huh, on some, your subconscious, you know, really did pick up something from that. Well, yeah. The funny thing about the show is, like, as, as fun as it was, it was actually quite moral, you know, like always like do the right thing sort of thing. And the moral of the story is, do you know, the and right that thing. sort of thing. Sorry, I don't know why I'm musical well, today, yeah. and I can't even sing. Ah, Sorry, no, please on. be musical. Carry don't on, worry. please. Yeah. Don't worry. So do the right thing. We'll talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Score one. But anyway, um, yeah. So it was quite the moral story, but it was fun. Like these characters were wild and wacky, and I think that's part of what, and you know, being in my family formed my understanding of humor. You know, because it was quite slapsticky in some ways. It, it was, yes. Um, and, you know, it was very physical comedy. Uh, and the thing is, later on in life, like in my in my 30s, in my late 20s, early 30s, I met a number of Australians who'd seen the same show. And that would be like reference points, you know, when you get to know these people and just people from all over the world that I still know who are still my age mates. Uh, this is something that we use... Sometimes when we're just referencing something that we just don't want everyone else to understand and stuff, it's, it's yeah. Um, can you describe yeah. Young You as a food item? I'm basically like your favorite dish. The one that I make. So... That's Amewa going oh. with and Agege bread. That's me. Like, you know, there are layers to it, man. You get to, it's soft, it's strong, it's spicy. <laughs> It takes risks, <laughs> crazy risks. What's your earliest memory of feeling uncomfortable with something? And 
Did you do something about it? Did you tell someone about it? Did you partake in this thing that made you feel uncomfortable? And then maybe years later, you look back on it and thought, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. And even looking back on it now, has it made you a change maker as a result because of your act or inclusion or exclusion in the, in the whatever it is? Um, okay, so the first thing I would say is like, Curiosity is, is, is sometimes a bad thing um, because you invite yourself in situations that you don't necessarily, you, you haven't agreed to partake in, but you're like, you find yourself in the situation. And the reason why I'm putting that disclaimer out there at the moment is because as, as a kid, there was a, a bit of a, it was an odd, it was, a, it was a very odd situation, but it's uncom it's, it's not uncommon because it happens to people. And you know you live through it. Um, had a had a family friend that was staying with us. He was like you know like you know in Nigeria we call everybody uncle even though they are not your family, right? So we had this uh, family friend staying with us. So he was, was older and stuff. And um, my parents were being very kind by asking them to come and stay. You know how Nigeria, you know you know how we are in you know our culture. So uh, there was one particular night. Um, this person was always staying in my room. So there was one particular night uh, that um, he was in my bed and there was fondling going on and all this stuff. I'm, I'm not going to say that I actually, you know, that anything other than heavy petting is, I hate that word, but you know, I think it was about seven, seven, eight, something like that. So, you know, it was just, it was a, it was a total, it was a total head fuck, you know, cause the thing is you, you asked a few questions and the first thing that stuck out, like, yes, that was, a, a, that's something is to be very sincere. It's not something that I generally actually talk about, but it's something that I kind of feel when I hear similar stories of this happening to people. And I'm like, well, you know, here's the thing you, you sometimes will ask yourself the simple question. Why didn't I do something? I actually did do something. You know, um, like, you know, I like stopped what was happening because it just, it didn't feel right. How old did you say you were again? Seven? Seven, eight. How did you, how did you stop it? I, I, I say this because, and I'm going to share my story um, about something like that in uh -huh. a second, but I'm just curious as to how seven-year-old you processed okay. what was happening enough to know that I have the power here to stop it. Because I didn't when mine was happening. Yeah. Uh Okay. So for me, you know, I come from, you know, family of academics. So I read, I read a lot. I read a lot. I don't read as much as I used to read, but I read a lot. Like I was this, oh Lord. Still to come on The Unsullied. My parents raised us like a social experiment. I told you my dad was a psychologist. So like, you know, homeboy raised his kids as a, psych um, as a, as a social experiment because he raised a bunch of individuals but gave them things to connect themselves as family. If I was good, good, good. I would read a lot. And in reading a lot, you become self-aware with what it is you understand, once you understand what it is you're reading. So there had been other things that had happened. Now that I'm really thinking about it, yeah, I'm saying seven, eight. It's, it's, it's more like, It'll be between seven and nine, Shad. That's age bracket. 
Um, as, as I said, as an avid reader, but like, I just realized this wasn't what it is um, I wanted and it didn't feel right because of things that I'd read. And the way that I actually stopped it, it's so funny. Like I just, I bolted out of the bedroom because it was my bedroom. Um, I bolted out of the bedroom, got into the corridor and basically went to my mother's bedroom. And she, like I'm literally walking around our house as a kid, like, you know, um, went to my mother's bedroom and just said, you know, I told her, I was like, um, mommy, 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 there's like, you know, she's like my mom's, you know, phew, Amazon. She just jumped out of the bed. Like, what time of the day was this? And this was in the middle of the night. What kind of house is this? Were you going up the stairs to get to her? Were you? No, 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 no. We had um, uh, uh, one story, so ground floor and first floor. So we had um, commercial, um, actually mixed use development, commercial um, supermarket and, uh, and and some stores in the front of the house. To the rear of the house, we had a four bedroom because it was myself, my sister, my mom, and my dad. Um, a four bedroom flat with, you know, kitchen, pantry and all that stuff. And then on the first floor, we had two, three bedroom flats, which, you know, we rented out. So my room was to the rear, um, my, okay, so my mother's bedroom was to the to the rear of the house, and my room was in front of my mother's bedroom. So you know, and then there was a hallway and you know, toilet and bathroom at the back of the house. So my mother was to the left. So I came out of the room. Um, I dashed out of my room. Was in the corridor, caught my breath. It's not a big corridor. It's just a little hallway, you know. And um, yeah, it's about two by. Two by three, oh no, no, definitely no. No, not that, it was about two and a half meters by four meters. So it's not small, but it's not big, it's just a hallway. And you know, I, I rush into her bedroom, like normally I was taught to knock, I did not knock. Um, and I just went to tell her, you know, that I, like I wasn't crying, but I was obviously visibly distressed. So my mom's asking me what happened and I'm still trying to process what happened um and i just told her that you know um i'm not gonna mention his name was in my bed and i had two beds in that bedroom so it's not like you know i had my bed and my brother who you had used to live with so we we shared a bedroom so that's why he was able to be staying over but the thing about it is my mom sort of like just sprang into action you know um just went straight to the went straight to my room and asked what was up. By then he'd moved to his own bed. I was acting like he was sleeping. And at that point I was like doubting what it is that I'm saying, because I'm thinking what the actual, what the actual fuck is going on here? Because, you know, um, so my mom, you know, pacified me, said to me that, oh, it's okay and whatever. Um, and then he got up and then he was like, oh, what's what's the matter? Is he okay? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, I didn't really have the words. And, and I was I'm, was quite the articulate child, like, you know, but I just, I was still, I was doubting. So then the next day, the next morning, so I slept in my, with my mom that, that night because um, I was like, I'm not damn, definitely not sleeping in that room. Um, and then the next morning did my chores, you know, he was doing his chores and then my mom called me to the to the front of the house because uh, the supermarket was there um, and uh, she'd packed his stuff 
and basically asked him to leave. Uh, and then he was like postulating and sort of, sort of um, asking why he has to leave and stuff. My mom basically said, you know, my son's not very comfortable sleeping in his own room. If he's not comfortable sleeping in his own room, whatever the matter is, you know, you cannot stay here anymore because, you know, that. so like, you know, that's, that's my story. Like it's, a, there's a, there's a few little bits and pieces that I'm sort of like leaving out, but like, I can imagine. Um, Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And it, 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 it happened and, and then it was over, but like, yeah, <laughs> different, different. Um, so physical. I read a lot. I mean, I didn't have a Ken or Barbie doll. I read a lot, you know, I got books on books on books, you know, every weekend there was a new book to read and I would just swallow it between the Saturday that I would get it to Friday evening, at which point I'm telling my mom, oh, this is what happened and this happened and, and she's bought me a new one as a new gift. So, mm-hmm. and yet I never, cause you said you, you read a lot. And so you were very aware of, okay, this isn't, this isn't right or whatever. I don't, I, I never came across anything in the books that I read. And, I, and I'm saying this now because I think it is important at some point. <laughs> and, and thankfully, we're in an age now mm-hmm. where authors, there are different types of psychologists and um, children's psychologists specifically who mm-hmm. are now getting into writing books for kids, for three-year-olds, for four-year-olds, letting them know, you know, when to, what is inappropriate in their own language and how to communicate to their parents when yeah. they're uncomfortable with things. Um, but I definitely never read anything like that at the time. And when I say when I say I read a lot, like I read everything I could get my hands on, and I got my hands on some I things see. that I shouldn't have been getting my hands on. You know, some of those novels, and you know. Thankfully, we had dictionaries back then. He said, uh, thankfully. So he would find something that is naughty and then go, hmm, this is naughty, but I want to know exactly why it is naughty. So I'm going to go to the dictionary and see the definition. You are a nerd, I put to you. (laughs) Listen, no, no, no. You've you've known this about me forever. You can't even just enjoy enjoy filth. You have to understand why it is so filthy. There's nothing wrong with that. Information is power. It is. Like seriously, is. information is power. And I'm not even gonna like, you know, no, no, no bullshit. Like being aware of I don't know, uh, the I think it's the cook, the something and the what's it called, or Lady Tatley's lover. Like I read some of these books and they're like they were racy as hell. And I you know, and then my sister had Mills and Boons. So, you know, they'd be like, Oh, and the and the thunder crashed against the what's it called and he and returned. He, I'm he like, came ah, what is on his horse and stood yes, on the hill. With his long brown the, hair. Wisp. Yeah. Ah, ah. Yeah. Like they managed you. And then obviously we had like pace setters as well, which was later on in life. Mm. Yeah. I mean, so with me, I didn't, I didn't have that language. I didn't have that indication. Okay, this is what is safe and this is what is not. And so I think Mm. the difference between, between somebody who might be aware and who isn't is when something happens in my body, I felt like there's something happening that isn't an interaction that I normally have with, with, with an adult. Exactly. But I yeah. didn't have That's the first thing. But I couldn't name it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know I didn't know that I had the power to stop it. It's not right. But you just know that yeah. this feels mm, this doesn't feel right. It's violation. That's what violation, violation feels like. Feels when somebody like, violates mm. that's that's what that's that's exactly what if somebody touches you 
in a way that you do not consent to. And when I say consent, like I'm seriously, like even if it's just somebody like a friend that you guys have known each other for a long time, it doesn't matter if, uh, what's it called? It doesn't matter who this person is. If you do not feel that this is appropriate to you, then it's completely inappropriate and you should, you know, it should not happen. Mm, it should not mm. be happening. Um, and that goes for people who are actually in relationships or whatever. Like, I didn't, like, I was in bed half asleep. Well, okay, I was asleep. This person climbed into the same bed with me. And it's not like I have never slept in the same bed with same sex or whatever or different sexes. I, I was young. So, like, you know, I, I know what that feels like. So, I was like, okay, initially it was comfortable. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, because, and this is somebody that I thought was an incredibly cool person. Like really, like just the person that you think, oh, I think the world of this this person, and and it didn't matter at first. Like I said, this is why I said to you, there was a moment where, like you know, it didn't matter that this person was in my bed because, as far as I'm concerned, you're in my family home. I'm in a safe space. This this is this and is that's the, key. the norm, it right? It is your family home. It is a safe. So the violation is on 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 several levels. It's your family home. Yes, no. It should be your safe, and it's in your bedroom in your own bed. You yeah. haven't gone into someone else's house, and not that anyone I haven't ever gone into somebody else's house. That kind of violation, anyway. But it's like the the balls yeah. of it all. Um, uh, yeah. With with my incidents, and it it it's it's happened more than once, unfortunately, um, with different people. But the, the 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 first one I definitely remember is a church person as well. One of those pastors that you allow junior pastors you're allowed to come and stay in the house for the weekend for whatever reason, um, mm-hmm. and that one was weird petting but there was a weird energy and all i remember is that i just never really liked being around the person no no i was gonna say the thing that you feel like the you said a weird petting like it's just and you know obviously your reaction is like oh no i don't like being around this person um and that's your justification of it because you're like "Eh, no i actually don't like being around you i probably don't really i can't articulate it but i don't like being around there's an energy about you that i'm not feeling and the other thing i was going to say is like how we actually, how my family got to meet this gentleman that I'm not naming was through church. And that really, like, it messes with you because all of these environments are supposed to be safe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and secure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're talking about a place of worship for God's yeah. sake, but there was all manner of different things different, happening. Yeah. The first guy was actually, like I said, a junior pastor, someone who I actually used to be very excited to see, really happy to see, one of the ones that would come in and you would run mm-hmm. towards them and hug them and uncle, whatever his name is. And yeah. and I just remember exactly. going from just always being really excited. That when is he coming around? And because he would tell stories, he was friendly. He was like the cool adult that he wanted around. And then mm-hmm. I just remember not really feeling comfortable and being not being excited when he came to visit. There's another one who just creeped me yeah. out who did his own whatever it was as well. Again, I didn't really understand whatever um how now now here's the thing i have a habit of blocking out chunks of my due to trauma i just it's like no we're just going to redact it redact it redact it (laughs) so there are loads of things that i do not remember and so some of this is is hazy and i imagine someday i'll have to Mm -hmm. really dig deep into it if we jump forward a little bit, and I remember this was just before my 10th birthday, there's an incident that happened with somebody's mm-hmm. houseboy. And hmm. this person was quite big and muscular. Mm-hmm. And I remember being mm-hmm. picked up and pinned to a wall and he kissed me. Jesus. 
and then put wow. me down with me. He put me down because my arms were flailing in the air and struggling and, you know, just like, mm-hmm. what is this? And he put me down because mm-hmm. somebody was walking by. I remember the way he smelt because he lived in the BQ and it was one of those BQs where it was a shared BQ with other houses. So, you know, you have the smell of okay, the kerosene, yeah. sweat, mm-hmm, yeah. unwashed clothes, dry clothes. I mean, the uh, yeah. washed clothes that haven't fully funk. dried that funk. I remember the way he smelled. I remember his muscles. Yeah. I remember the weight of his face against mine and being pressed mm-hmm. against the wall. And I remember that the only yeah. reason it didn't go further was because somebody happened to walk by, like he heard footsteps. And so he dropped me. Okay. I didn't tell anybody. And then I told one of my friends um, who lived in the same area, but even then I was like, don't tell anybody. And I don't know why the next instinct for me, and I'm told that this is something that isn't uncommon, is to protect the person, right? That has done something. So I said nothing, Mm -hmm. but this is when I started writing. This is around the period, because I I used to love reading. And I used to just randomly mm-hmm. just once upon a time, but apparently around this period, I started writing a lot. So it turns out that the more I was being abused, the more I disappeared into not just reading, into, I started creating mm-hmm. worlds on paper. And the day that my, my family members found words. out that I had been molested was because somebody was cleaning the, the room that I sleep in and they just found a whole bunch of paper. Mm-hmm. And instead of putting in the bin, they just saw, oh, maybe this is one's homework or whatever it is. And page one, mm-hmm. page two, and it's very explicit things that I shouldn't be writing about then wow. and it concerned them. And so that's when we had a meeting. I remember I had long hair then. My hair was quite long mm-hmm. and full. Um, and I remember they cut my hair. Um, and one of the reasons they cut it was because I was growing too quickly and I was attracting the attention of men. The wrong kind yeah, of attention. Yeah, and so, and also because I think where I was then, I also wasn't, I think on the part of the, of the adults, I don't want to mention names, but on the part of the adults that were in charge of me then, I think there was mm-hmm. a sense of, betrayal is the wrong word, but I think because I didn't tell them, it was, you should have come to me with this. So I'm sure they were hurt. But it also highlights the fact that they, they, they feel like they are completely at fault because you're a minor and they're supposed to ensure that you're, you're safe and mm. secure in their environment. If it happens under their own roof, you know, then, um, then they, they No, but it wasn't under the their roof. It wasn't in the house. We lived, we lived in um, oh, an wow. area. So it was just like in the area, like a communal area it wasn't in the house and it wasn't our house okay. boy it was somebody else's in the different houses and okay. house boy that's just Sweet came and took advantage Jesus, so the guy got fired yeah, there was a, yeah. it was a whole was a whole whole mess and um a lot of things happened very quickly that year not because of that but because mm-hmm. it happened around the same time as those things happened a part of me always mm-hmm. has felt i was punished for the thing that this mm-hmm. person did which um yeah you know it's it's a whole it's a, it's a whole whatever now there's that incident and when strangers do things like that to you it's not that it okays it but sometimes they're they're processes that you go through but i've also had moments yeah. when it's been family members whether by mm-hmm. blood or marriage that have huh. done um i remember one incident where i was asleep in mm. in my father's house 
and a family mm-hmm. member um a distant distant family member mm-hmm. waited till everybody was asleep and again it's one it's always those ones that i feel you're such a cool uncle and you're so nice and you know you do cool things and we hang out and it's you talk them ones. And we have a you know there's I, we have a connection, connection. We have right? A rapport. And yeah. at this yeah. point, yeah. I'm probably 14. I couldn't have been 15 mm. yet, I don't believe. So either 13 or 14, I think. Um, I remember mm. I was I was in boarding school, so I'd come back on summer holidays from boarding school, and um, this uncle, I was asleep. My sister was sleeping next to me. Another family member was sitting next to my sister. It was one of those times where this, mm-hmm. the home is really full and busy and, mm-hmm. you know, people were sleeping in whatever room, wherever you find space, just fall down there. Shabby, Anywhere because, there, there you was know, a bed. And it's normally yeah, the, the most fun part of growing up, you know, because, you know, you guys are just seeing this family, this food, there's, you know, everybody that you could possibly want to see your senior hanging it's out. It's amazing. I love it. And so yeah. I hate him yeah. for also making me experience that at one of my most favorite periods of the year. And so, you know, we're all there, we're lying down, we're yeah. sleeping, everybody had fallen asleep. He was sleeping next to me. I fallen asleep. And I remember mm-hmm. waking up with him fondling me. And I remember <sighs> waking up, feeling what I felt, being frozen mm-hmm. and telling mm-hmm. myself, if you just go back to sleep, it won't happen. If you just go back to sleep, it will stop. If you just go back to sleep, you won't have to deal with whatever the hell this is. I was under 15 and he was in his 20s, like mid-20s Asshole. or something. Um, so he's very, very, very much aware. <sighs> 20s, late 20s, I think. Mm-hmm. Mid, mid or late 20s, yeah. yeah. So that's definitely something that I, I remember feeling very uncomfortable with it. Did I do something about it? No. And I'm, I'm, I wish I had your sense of awareness of I have the power to stop this because I didn't stop it. I just lay there and froze and prayed that no, it would no, no, go no. over. <laughs> so you did something about yeah, it. Yeah, but you see, me doing something about it was, it, maybe it was just a day, but like I'm telling you, like I, I just, after because this is you waking up, realizing what's happening, not really being too bothered about it and then feeling. And by waking up, I'm going to just tell you what happened. Like by waking up, I didn't wake up because he was holding onto my breast because I mean, mm-hmm. if you see me, you've seen my pictures on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know me personally, I'm not a 30 double DJ <laughs> human being. It's flatlands here. Ah, okay. So imagine me at 13 or 14, I had even my, my breast was minus zero. <laughs> okay. So it wasn't breast that I, he, he, I woke up with his fingers in me. That's disgusting. So it's not a, it's not, a, oh, maybe he brushed past mm-mm, my, my mm-mm, breast mm-mm, or my, my thigh and it was an accident. No, this was an in- invasion yeah. full on, you know? So I didn't do something about it. Did I tell somebody about it? I, I didn't tell anybody. It's sad that these things are still happening and I hate to be sort of the harbinger of doom or anything. It's it's still going to continue to happen in in the world that normalizes this crap like this is an international problem yeah it's not just you know what's it called like the 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 if you it uh, it's more yeah. pervasive in in it, certain yeah. places yeah um but that doesn't mean this is a black or white thing this is not Ooh. a rich versus poor thing this is not a christian versus it it, it is it there is, is something a... about certain types of human beings that's just intrinsically fucked that's right and 
there's something about the psychology of that that I wish we we paid more attention to and studied mm-hmm. in a way that isn't just to ostracize them, but to understand it enough to be able to spot the signs, help the people, protect the people, mm-hmm. like prevent them from being in that space. Kind in of the living first in, place. The, in, the, in the minority report world. Okay, right? no, because that's a bit extreme. I, I, did, I heard myself <laughs> as I was talking as well that, yeah, next thing we'll start looking for the gene for this and deleting. No, but you say that. No, no, but you, you say that, but let's let's be real. Like, um, I think about 20 years ago, I read this article in the Times about the evil gene. As in, like, in, so, in actual gene, there's. You know, and you you have to understand it's like the biology of it. You know, the physiology of our of our humanity. There, there are some people who are broken, and they have been broken inside, like from inside inside. So, if you realize that you have a high tolerance for pain, you're gonna do painful things, and people are gonna look at you like, why why is this person a weirdo or mm-hmm. whatever? There are, you know. There's a whole, what's it called? There's a whole plethora of things, both good and bad, but mainly the bad things. And I'm not going to front. If if there actually is an opportunity for people to identify that as a gene and remove it, I would be one of the people signing up for that mm. to happen because mm. there are a lot of people walking around, not fractured, but shattered, but they're still like together. And you think that because they're together, they're okay. No, this is, this is, you know, it's, as I said, violation. This is a lack of consent. You're listening to The Unsullied with Orica Goddess. That's me. And this episode was edited by 808 Extra. You can find them on Instagram at 808XTRA. If I was good, good, good. Is there anything that you would say you do now because a part of you is still running from an experience from your childhood? That experience, yeah, one hundred percent. But there are other, like, there's a there's a different tale that I regale you, which um, has helped me in the world of commerce. Okay. But um, that, believe it or not, and this is going to make me sound like I'm a complete geek, but I've always classified myself as she geek. Um, consent, like, before I do anything with somebody. I'm the weirdo that asks if it's okay if I can kiss you. And, you know, let's just be honest. We've been raised in the world. Like, I just grab her and kiss her, you know, and everything's going to be okay. I'm so sorry that, so. to do this. And I wish this wasn't in my brain right now. But you yeah. know how I told you that I'm, I don't know why I woke up very musical today. Yeah. When you said grab her and whatever, I, I apologize for being Jeez, this crass right now. Okay. Can I do it? Okay. Chris Rock, his stand up. Yes. When he was yes. talking about how he doesn't understand why women like certain types of songs. Mm-hmm. And it's like the nastier it is, the the more we yeah. like the music, you know. You ain't talking about me. Stop with the dick. Stop with the dick. Stop with the dick. Blind the bitch. Blind the bitch. Fuck her in the air. Fuck her in the air. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was hilarious. And then you'd be like, 
you ask the woman like this is a horrible song and she's like he ain't talking about me that's right and <laughs> the then she goes back to, to the wall yeah, yeah to the sweat drips from my mi- mystical my, i can't remember my dick in my, my hands i'm like what the hell yeah even i think about it sometimes like i'm like are you listening to what you're dancing to? what, what you're dancing to are you really yeah but anyway when you were talking about grabbing yeah. that is that that song just went through my my head and okay. was like oh, yeah why? no but because you know in terms of reading um like what you what you consume as media what informs your narrative on life as a young young man growing up and all of this stuff it's like it's like oh no just just kiss her just just kiss her just take her and kiss her and i'm like oh no that doesn't really sound like even if all the i'm the dude that i have been in situations where i have frustrated people to making the move where they're looking at me like dude are you interested like why are you here and you're like Oh no, I'm interested. All right, it's all, everything's already <laughs> happened in my head. But um, here's the thing: like, you know, is is this something you're up for? Is this something you know? People are looking at like, what's wrong with you? Like, are you trying to be buzz killing out here? And I'm like, I'm not trying to be a buzz kill. I'm just, I just want to know that we're on the same page because ah, there's nothing you know the attractive about it with Will Smith and uh, that gorgeous, gorgeous woman, um, Eva. Yes. Yes, yeah, so a, a moment. Uh, wait, a, mo- a moment of silence for for Eva Mendes, please. Okay, so in that film, um, yeah. Will Smith was in in Hitch, and they were talking about yeah. how you do the seventy percent lean. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like if you're going with someone on a first date, mm-hmm. you need them to do the ninety nine point nine percent lean. Otherwise, you're not going to kiss them at their doorstep. It's- I'm a I'm a little bit of a dork, and here's the thing: in terms of even when you say that, I cannot even remember a time when I've kissed somebody on their doorstep. Like, you know, like just before they go into their house. People invite me in for a coffee. We all know what the indicators are. Oh, would you like to have a nightcap? I'm like, or I invite them, would you like to have a nightcap? Whatever, but the thing is, it's just, Lean in. Let's know what we're doing. You're like, please. Mm, please text me first. Text me exactly what you want to do. Let me read it. Let me save it, and then we shall proceed. Yes. No, yes. but like also, I've, I've I've witnessed people in really awkward situations where they've listened to bad advice, watched the wrong goddamn movie. Because like you're talking about movies like Hitch, right? You know the the subplot to how Will um, Hitch became who he was was like you know the babe that he was into that was with him cheated on him with, you know, the jock who obviously did not ask her whether she wanted to be, what's it called, while he was peering through the window in the car, saying, but I love you. No, nobody gives it monkeys about that, you know, because you grow up and then you're like, wow, um, there are ways of doing things. You know, you read the language, you read body language and whatever and all of that. But when I say like, you know, for me, it's, it's also for me, I want to know that you want me too. It's not a matter of whether I want you because you, you know, most women are generally raised to be like, ah, all men want to, you know, they, they're just offering you dick. Like, Chris Rock would say, oh, can I get the door for you? Yeah. <laughs> want some dick? You like some dick? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like you're, you're Sorry, told I, that- Chris Rock is one of my favorite comedians and I, I quote him in a way that <laughs> it just, just feels abnormal to other people. So no, it's you, ha- you really have to normal. bear with Shay and I on this episode because Chris Rock's name will come up a lot. Please forgive us. And God bless. No, you. but like it's that it's it's it is that for me personally, you know, because it's not like it's not like you don't know what you want to do or whatever. 
And, you know, you read all these silly articles and conversations. Like, my brother was a big part of my life. May he's so rest in peace. One thing he used to tell me as a kid is, like, the hottest chick in the room doesn't have a man. Go and talk to her. And when you go and talk to her, just talk to her. Just talk to her and then leave her and go away. I'm like, uh, <laughs> first, one has to... Do the the road is long that long walk, <laughs> you know. So, so, so go and talk to the person, right? Now, if you're in a room full of your boys or your friends, because you know they're merciless friends. We we're all a bunch of assholes. You know, you're waiting for the guy to come back, like oh, head down, like ah, man, I shot my shot. Not only did my shot not get shot, I got blown away. <laughs> so, Your shot was shot put. <laughs> shot put. It was shotly made. <laughs> Shots so were fired. It, they didn't land. Shit. I shot myself. I shot the sheriff. I shot myself. <laughs> and I, I even shot, shot my his. own ass. <laughs> <laughs> I shot my own ass, basically. <laughs> no, but that that is one of the that things happened that I've in, definitely uh, Boomerang, right? Where they shot the pinky. <laughs> Yeah, shut my pinky. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. No. But yeah. So that is definitely one of the things that's followed me through life. I've I've met some people who really appreciated it. Like they're looking at me like, "Are you real right now?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, yes, of course, man. Like I've been wondering why you didn't kiss me." Because I have not asked, and you have not. And you two, you have mouth now. This is going to be an enjoyable experience for both of us best belief so you know that whole thing about consent it's 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 mutual like what singular incident can you share with us <laughs> that is an incident that broke you really broke you and how did you claw your way out from the sunken place you know here's the thing it's like the older you get i guess the way that i can answer it i've been not just one thing but there've been a series of one thing moments that you're like, the actual fuck is going on right now. Did I steal Jesus' last piece of cake? <laughs> because like you must hate sort of thing. From the cooking <laughs> no, no, she is it me? Yes, you no. couldn't be then. Who she sold the meat <laughs> from the cooking pot? This is your yeah, punishment. You Did you feel oh, singled out by life? Pretty much at, at a time. Um, I had a... Oh. So one of the... I, I would say uh, I would say it as a theme in terms of dealing with homelessness. Um, and, you know, when you say homelessness, people are like, eh, you know, when you're going to stay with that person's family, da 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 No, no, I'm talking like you being homeless and not having a home or a place that you can a roof over your head. It changes you. Um, so it was a motivator for me. Like so, like in my in my um, mid to late teens, I I I was like Andrew. I'm checking out. Like I I, I left Nigeria, um, and because mom was like uh, the head chef for Nigerian Airways, we always had tickets. This is actually a funny story. So can I segue? Right. So. Mum being the head chef like meant that we got all the perks that came with traveling. Um, so like I, in school, there were, you know, I went to um, initially Grace Children's School and then from Grace Children's to um, Bagada Primary School, then from Bagada Primary School to CMS Grammar School for like, you know, maybe like a week or two and then transferred um, to uh, what's it called? 
to Awori Anglican Comprehensive High School in um, in Ibadan. I, I would say in in that regard, like the first way I've said, like you know, you live with family and everything. That was actually the first time uh, my mum, my dad, my sister, and I were in transition because we came back from the UK. Uh, certain family members had screwed around my parents in terms of, you know, ah, we are taking this money. We're building a house for you in Jerry. We're taking this money. We're building a house for you in Surulere. We're taking the house. Um, we're taking this money. We're building a house for you. And some of them bought the land, or didn't buy the land, or bought the land in their name, didn't build the house. You know, so there was a lot of all of that state of flux, and then we ended up having to stay with my mother's side the family um, in this building. Living there was, we lived in a, I, I more or less call it like a studio. So you come through the door, right in front of you is a small, is a long corridor, like which goes from your left to your right. And right in front of that is the living room. And then there's a bedroom. And then there's the corridor, which you're in, which is like now basically the, 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 the hallway that, had a double bunk, um, had a double bunk where my sister and I used to sleep, and my parents' bedroom right in front, and the living room and a small table with what's it called. So that was us moving back to Nigeria um, after living in the UK in South Norwood in a five-story house that had nothing but rooms and grounds and everything. Life was good, and we went back to that and like. The actual shit is happening here. This is supposed to be okay. Are we poor, mummy? Is that what this is, <laughs> mummy? No, <laughs> like, like, no. Seriously, you, you know, you know. Did what's we so lose funny, all right? of our shit, mummy? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's actually so funny, right? There was a time. Oh God! Like, there's so many memories coming back, but this one particular one. I remember uh, we'd be eating either rice and beans or just rice or beans or whatever morning noon and night i remember asking my sister once i'm like sis i think we're poor with regards to being homeless recently i was i i'm i I can talk about it now because it's it's something in my past but um I, i i fought bankruptcy for about six years and i was in and out of courts um and eventually i got to a position where trustees in bankruptcy got involved in my affairs um they basically sold properties that i had on my estates and everything and for about two and a half months or so um in 2018 and i remember the day july 19th at 9 30 in the morning i had a court date where like i needed to go and fight my case um and uh I actually had a house guest at the time, somebody that I'd met through a mutual friend of ours. And, you know, she she was Airbnb in the UK, but we'd met and she was like, oh, my Airbnb is coming up, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you can you can come stay in one of my rooms. It's, it's okay because you're only here for like a few more days. You don't have to pay me anything in the whole nine yards. So, but I like at that time I said, look, I've got an ongoing situation just so you know, you might have to duck out if if anything doesn't go well. So 19th of July, 9.30, go to court, lost the case, had to come back home and basically pack a, um, a carry-on bag because the trustees in bankruptcy won the case and kicked me out of my home. Um, and I then truly understood what the what the comfort of strangers is and what the comfort of like really good friends are. Um, 
I, I went into central London. There's a very good friend of mine. His name is Jibola. Um, and I'm not going to say his surname because he might just want to come and kill me because he doesn't like publicity. But Jibola, you are awesome, dude. In that case, but you're awesome, dude. Um, I went to him. He was going to put me up in a hotel. Now, the thing they don't really tell you about bankruptcy is, uh, number one, yes, your assets get taken and stuff and whatever, but they, they, they can freeze your income. You know, they can freeze your account. You don't have access to anything. And so you're just, you're just like a leaf blowing in the wind in, you know, in what's it called? American beauty. Just blowing, but nobody's feeling you. And, you know, in this story of one, you know, the people that are there to support you are, you know, the people who can tell your story for you. It was actually the second anniversary. And I'm happy to say to you that I'm actually doing this podcast from inside my home. Yay! You have a very beautiful home. Um, <laughs> thank you. Hey, Jesus, I almost lost it. But anyway, um, that same day, uh, I, I called um, friends of mine, uh, uh, Sherry and Russell, and I said to them, look, guys, like, I need a place to stay. Um, and, you know, the, the beauty of this is, like, their home is fantastically beautiful. I designed that home, and I also was uh, instrumental with the building contractor that was used. So, you know, and they're very hands-on as well. And their home is very familiar and just beautiful to me. So I stayed in the loft. So I didn't really feel like I was not at home as a lie. It felt like I was not at home, but because it you just built felt it comfortable the, where I was. I mean, was. You, you designed it for them. It's yeah. not the space that you designed for you. And I have been to their place and it's, it's, it's beautiful. They've, they've, yeah. you, you know, right down to the sauna and everything where it's, it's their own creature comforts that's there. Standard. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not what yeah. you built for you. So you will never, no matter how welcoming and happy they are to have you, it will never feel like this is my home. So I understand. Yeah. 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 And then Russell comes up to me and, you know, like, I think it was about a week or two later, but I think it was like two and a half weeks. Like, nigga, you don't need to go home. Well, you can't go home, but you don't need, you can't, you can't say here no. Um, and I, I say that in jest, obviously, but um, then I left there and um, I spent a night at Jonathan and Belinda's um, and then ended up spending uh, close to two months at their other home um, in New Cross. So even when I was homeless, I was living in a three bedroom house. Yes, there was no furniture. Okay, there was a bed, a sofa, a table, and a kitchen with nothing in it. Um, and that's where I had to go and regroup. And that was a very difficult time because I was, <laughs> that year I was actually very busy. I was busy with an ex-business partner of mine, David, um, with his architectural practice. So, we're, you know, we we're doing quite a bit of work for Tower Hamlets. Um, I was, I, I, that's like it, yeah, 2000, Oof, Lord. So I also ran, uh, you know, I, I was preparing for the next event, that one of the next events I was doing. I remember you were traveling a well, lot that during, year as well. Well, in 2017, that was the work tour year. That was when, you know, Marriott was sending me everywhere and anywhere to do everything from commissioning hotels to doing art, art direction to designing and all of that. So it was a really... <laughs> It was you know, it highs was and lows, yeah, year. very surreal. Man, no, the highs and lows were just, they were bluesing on the dance floor. <laughs> they were just working together, you know. And the reality is, at even those times when these things would happen, I would still then have to, like, make court appointments, spend money on lawyers, do this. And 
and it was terrible actually but it was also beautiful like because I, I remember seeing like a sandstorm for from the um from one of the jw marriott properties which i was staying in in um marine bay the coast of marine bay and a sandstorm at like seven o'clock in the morning with the sun shooting through and i'm like oh my god this is beautiful it's almost like in the calamity of my life there were moments that i could stop and just like appreciate the beauty of things that were happening didn't mean that the things that were happening weren't happening it just meant that they they the, i had opportunities to stop and pause but as i said that was 2017 and 2017 was when i did are we us um no it was 2018 that I did Arya, sorry. Um, so that year, I had projects that I was doing in design and architecture. And then I had like pro the project that I created and curated that we did at um, Miwi 16 Soho um, called Arya, which is part of a four-part event. So I'm, I'm doing all of this and I'm going through all of these mad things and I'm having to put on like no, it's not even like having to put on. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I, I didn't cry because maybe all the tears had finished anyway. <laughs> um, are you sure? Are, are you sure you didn't and, have a Joseph Addison Louis shower moment? You know how Joseph likes his characters. There's always a scene yes. in the shower where his, yes. his characters are crying, <laughs> and, the, and, and the water, water is just, just glistening, glistening on their dark skin, so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God bless you and your talent, Joseph. Joseph. When you hear this, <laughs> yes, Joseph. Yes, Joseph. You're deeply, deeply disturbed, <laughs> but I love you. You know I love you, brother. You know I love you. Um, no, but you know, I, I, I didn't. Um, and it wasn't because I did like, it wasn't a like, oh, be a man, handle it actually. I was just numbed because I was, I was walking like a ghost, like, how has this happened to me? And you know, you and I both know some of the things that had manifested for this to actually take place. So it was also like, okay, I just need to recuperate and all my friends said the same thing. In fact, Jibola, Sherry Russell, Jonathan, Belinda, they all said the same thing, which was, you know, you know, you'll be okay. Like you just need some time to figure it out. And, you know, eventually found ways of, of raising finance and getting home back and, you know, getting my life back. But at the same time, this is me traveling. This is me working on projects. This is me creating, um, you know, briefs for new things that I'm working on. And I'm like this, I had to drown myself with the work that I was doing. So I didn't f fall fully into the depressive state that I was like, you know, like, you know, when the depressive state is just looking at you, eyeing you like, hey, baby, come to sleep. It's all right. I got you. I'm going to hold you here. No, no, no. Shh, shh. Like it's putting you in a chokehold. Shh, <laughs> shh, shh. Nah, nah, nah. It's all fucked up, but I got you. You know, that's depression whispering. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I prefer the Layla, um, Layla. What's oh, it um, yes. I prefer her version what? to. When um, I heard no that, I was, I was, because I don't always like remixes. Maybe Layla. No, no, no. That one was, she was crying. Her voice was hoarse. She said, Duh. I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this girl, you've seen life. No, life you know what they call. <laughs> I believe it. Don't Trust speak me. about it. You can't. <laughs> no, no, don't speak. She, that was, we call it in Yoruba, we call it Igbe. Baby, and K. Okay, okay. Don't okay, speak okay, Igbe. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, 
she was willing. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus. You know, so yeah. Wow. That's it. There you go. That range. But wow. powerful and slapping yeah. you in the face at yeah, the same she, she time. Did it. Yeah, so going back to what you asked me, so that was, you know, that was the second time that, you know, being in that space reminded me of the first time, but it was different this time because I have more life skills, um, uh, a supportive network. Um, my family didn't really know about what it is I was going through. Like they didn't know about some of the other things that I've been through in my life because as close as we are, you know, we're all raised. And this is back to sort of like my um, origin story. My parents raised us like a social experiment. They raised a bunch of children. No, no, I'm serious. They raised a social experiment. No, I sweat. You did not. I told you my dad was a psych. No, no, no. I told you my dad was a psychologist. So like, you know, homeboy raised his kids as a um, as a as a social experiment because he raised a bunch of individuals but gave them things to connect themselves as family because you needed to be yourself. I guess my, you know, my father, may he so rest in peace, was an amazing man. Amazing, you know, my parents were academics, but they were also very practical people. Thank you for listening to the Unsullied podcast. If you'd like to talk about this episode on social media, please use the hashtag T-U-W-O-G. And if you want to share this on with somebody, you can use linktree forward slash O-R-E-K-A-G-O-D-I-S. Now, all this information, you don't have to cram it. It's in the show notes. So just scroll. Scroll now. Is there? Thank you. If I was good, good, good. What kind of things do you find that you found over the years? It's very important that you do to help yourself, focus yourself, rediscover yourself, love yourself, center yourself, and charge you up and give you the power to do and be. So I have certain philosophies, sayings, whatever. Um, actually, no. It's yeah. It, there are philosophies. It's just how I how I live my life on a day to day basis. I, I I deal the way that I the way that I engage life is through uh, vibrations, oscillation, frequency, um, and 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 movement. You know, and all of these things are just that same thing. Like there's a vibration to everything on this planet. This whole this whole life that we're living you know we're spiritual beings having a human experience right so um part of my daily process is as soon as i wake up before i even open my eyes it's it's meditation so i meditate every day like i i stopped meditating for um uh so my father because my father taught me to meditate and he sort of like ingrained it in me as like a daily practice and you know to some people meditation is prayer to some people prayer is meditation whatever um, it's just how I realize to be thankful. Like, you know, um, some of the sayings I have is like, I'm alive. I'm grateful to be alive and I'm thankful for breath. I used to just be saying to people like, I'm alive and thankful. That was kind of me telling people to fuck off because like, if you're asking me, um, how I'm doing and you don't really care because some people will say, Oh, Hey, how you doing? It's just a greeting. They're not, they truly don't give a shit about how you're doing because if you told them you're like hey, hey so there was this thing that happened eh? so like you see as you actually happened and they're like whoa, 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 whoa. i'm not asking for you to share you like, like seriously i'm just saying hello like, oh okay cool so all right i'm alive and thankful thank you bye-bye and let me just keep it moving 
um, which has evolved um, because of certain events that I experienced to I'm grateful to be alive and I'm thankful for breath. And this has been a few years that I've been saying that now, which is my standard, you know, response to anybody asking me, oh, hi, hey, how are you doing? I'm grateful to be alive. And then if you really want to know, then you can ask me, you know, like, but like, you know, seriously, how are you? What's going on with you? And you can always tell the ones who do want to know what's going on with you because they engage you. You know, so me having the the thoughts of, you know, vibration, frequency, how I engage with this different energy, the very contrasting energy, is to wake up with meditation in mind, being thankful for the fact that I'm still here, because that means like the universe ain't done with me yet. God has not is not finished with me yet. Um and when I say God, I'm talking God in however anybody else wants to interpret it, but I'm not talking about you being religious, because this has got nothing to do with religion. It's just me understanding and being thankful for my reality. And then there are certain people that I have in prayer that I have in meditation. And then when I, um, and as I said, this is before I actually open my eyes. So like I'm in that meditative state, anything from like 20 minutes to an hour. And uh, in the case of Okokovi and Antirona being out in these streets, I've been in that meditative space for weeks. So I'm really happy about it sometimes, like, you know, because it, it, it just, it allows you to, to navigate the anxiety that we all feel in life. Um, and it also just gives me a better way to process how my day is going to go. Um, so be, just as I open my eyes, I say what kind of day it's going to be, you know, that, and most of it is like, oh, today you're going to be focused on, um, you're going to be solution orientated, not problem focused. You know, you'll be aware that there are problems, but you'll be able to navigate them and be successful with them at navigating these things. And if something that you have desired to happen, and this is a conversation I'm having within myself, in some cases, you know, uh, I'm talking to myself. Um, and this is, these are things that I've picked up over the years, you know, parts of like meditating with Buddhist monks or sitting with an imam or, you know, sitting with a pastor or a priest and just understanding what these quiet moments are, because it's not necessarily communal for me. It's a, it's a quiet as a deeply personal thing. Um, so as I said earlier, like I, I stopped meditating for about 10 years and I picked it up again in 2013 um, because something had happened uh, and I had the house to myself at that time. Thank God. Um, and I realized that I had stopped meditating for so many years and I'm like, no, I, 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 need, to, I need to get back into this. So I meditated and I, I probably was meditating, I, I, like, I, I probably started like maybe around nine o'clock in the evening. It was like towards, it was around Christmas. Um, I started meditating that day. And when I did a deep dive, it, it, it allowed me to shed a lot of things that I hadn't realized that I had just been taking. It's like... I was like, wow, no, like this. And then I, and then I, then I, then I saw some stuff that ended up happening because I was seeing what was, what was happening. I was just tapped down into a particular frequency. And then I was just so, oh, wow. Okay. 
And a lot of things came to an end in those following years, like, you know, 2013, 14, 15, 16, things that were just, you know, in my world at the time, taking up space without paying rent or contributing anything was, uh, it was, that was the catalyst. Like if I didn't have the time to just be that person in that moment, I would still probably be in a really, really shitty place. So meditation and then um, the second thing is when I bathe, that's when I pray. And that's when I allow the water to wash over me and leave and alleviate these things. Okay, be honest with me now. You used to go to a Ladura church, didn't you? Of course, yes. Because I recognize this praying in the in the shower thing. I recognize this very well. Uh, I was Church of the Lord, Aladura. My father was a Babajo. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, like for real. As a former celestial church of Christ, Ijomi Morty Christi. Um Ijomi Morty Christi yeah. Majawe Parish member. Uh, wow. Mine was mine was a uh, Christ Redeemer's Church. No, we actually started in Church of the Lord Aladura um in in Yaba. Because the funny thing is my family, you know, my mother was a uh, um part full and half Fulani, um half Yoruba, and my father was Yoruba. So we used to go to the Church of the Lord Aladura. But my mother also was Muslim as well, so she later converted. So we would go to church, um, the Church of the Lord Aladura. Um, uh, we started uh, at a Methodist church in Yaba. And then from Yaba, we went to uh, Church of the Lord, um, a church that was in a school that was owned by the Doherty's in Surulere in Ojuelegba. We broke off from that church because the leader of the church, a very powerful spiritual leader, was caught consulting with a... I thought you were going to say spiritualist. No, no, no. Spiritual leader, as in... (laughs) She was spiritual, as in she was of God, but there was also the other thing happening on the side. Um, We broke out from that church and created our own. I'm curious, though, because considering what you've said about, you know, the your mom's background and her her origin and um, her heritage and your dad's, and the fact that there was conversions that happened on her side and even on your dad's side as well, how you guys started Mm -hmm. the church. I'm curious as to why you guys Mm -hmm. never changed your last name, because your last name is Awolesi, and it's Mm -hmm. not Muslim. Yes. It's not Christian. It's very traditional nope. because I believe in Yoruba, nope. Awu is mm-hmm. uh, oracle. Well, the oracle has the answer is what Awulisi means. So how come you guys um, never removed that? Um, and I'm not, this is not a criticism. This is a curiosity because- No, 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 I understand. I've, I've come across a lot of people who now have very, very <laughs> names that you're just like, but why you call that? Oh yeah, and you know, it used to be- Awo or Sharonga something or mm-hmm. you know Shango Shango Tiwa and now yeah, we are yeah, just yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tiwa yeah, yeah. and they remove the Osho, Osho. They remove the uh, you know all sorts <laughs> yeah. and it's as as the mm-hmm. I will never like I I am so happy that my my parents never changed that I mean my mother's um her, her uh she was knee what does what does Olukoko mean right um my father I to be very honest with you. I've never really thought about it. So before the end of the show, I'll probably tell you what it means because I'm not thinking about it right now. Um, my father's name, Awolesi, was, you know, the name, like, as I told you, the Oracle has the answer. But we were also 
So we basically, we have the lineage of royalty. So the, it would pass to different families. Um, this was also one of the reasons why my father grew up as an orphan, because uh, a lot of his family members were like, you know, killed off because the throne was supposed to go to the next family and, you know, then it skips. Um, one of the reasons why I will never uh, have an issue with having the name Awolesi, which I'm very proud of, is we were also advisors. Like, you know, we were, we were, we, you know, the, the, the name says it, you know, the Oracle has the answer. So we, we, we divined answers from ancestors. And um, yeah, we live in a post-colonial reality all, all over the world. Um, holding on to that identity for me gave me a grounding that I, I, I don't have you ever oh no we're crossing over to the other podcast and I hate it please let's stop talking <laughs> but have you ever have you <laughs> ever um, Bye! <laughs> thought about or explored divination in that sense and because you, you said something about tapping into energies and and all these other things and it sounds to me that you mm -hmm. definitely have an awareness of spirituality and i'm just wondering if you even broach the other side because there's a lot of um abrahamic faiths that as africans we have fully yeah. embraced so the things that existed before colonizations before the arabs before the portuguese before the british um mm -hmm. you know there were yeah. things that we believed in and i'm not here to say which one is right or which one is wrong but for those who are still connected several generations mm -hmm. later either by name or by influence to that part of our history that we most people no longer have access to i'm always very curious yeah. to see how you navigate that space and how if and if you've ever thought about tapping into it at all and if you are is there a, you know th this is not for this podcast oh. sorry because yeah because <laughs> i'll be here another no, I'll, hour i'll give you a very brief answer a very brief answer no, no i'll give you a very brief answer right um the answer is yes in short because you know there's the fat divinity and you can't be playing around with these um you can't be playing around with our indigenous uh narrative just because you you want to be assimilated or assimilate, you know. The resistance is future narrative of colonization was what it was. But being able to actually have an idea of where you come from, who you are, and then you go all over the world and then you see people who practice these beliefs as in that's what like that can double faith, for example. And then in, you're like in Brazil, I believe, yeah, because I had a friend who Candoble is is her religion, and it's yeah. it's, it's it's like when you say, oh, "Am I a Christian?" I remember, like she will tell you things about Ifas and Orishas, and they have specific mm -hmm. days of the week that she will do certain yes. things, and there is no shame there. It's all pride. It is all hmm. this is what I believe in. Exactly, one man, they do the whole thing. So one of my, one of my, he's a he's a very dear friend, but he's also a mentor to me. Um, is Lekon Babalala. And, you know, the funny thing is, I, I, um, meeting him and getting to know him and his family and his life really does give you, like, that surety and security to say, well, I, no, I've gone buffer now. But the one thing, uh, there was a dietary requirement. Well, it's different for me, as in they haven't done my uh, sort of, like, uh, initiation or um, research for me because you need... You need a babalao to do it for you and all of that stuff. So, um, but one thing he said is like, ah, you know, if they if they check you out 
and they say that there's certain things that you're not going to eat, you're, you're not able to eat, then, you know, that might actually be a problematic thing for you. So one day he said to me, ah, oh, you know, like, um, you might not be able to eat seafood, fish. I'm like, eh, wait, <laughs> uncle, let's just explain something to each other. I can give up, I can give up the birds, because as it is, I only eat poultry or seafood, right? I can give up the birds and all of that stuff, but seafood is swimming in water. Yeah, it's swimming in water. It's marinated it itself. Marinated Have you ever had sushi? This thing is incredible. <laughs> that's right. And I was like, if that's the thing that's stopping me from seeking some other kind of enlightenment, well, you know what? Gotta go, gotta go. Wow. <laughs> you know? So yes, the, the longest short of it is like, you know, so I've meditated with Buddhist monks. I like I, I explore my journey into theology, as it were, is it's like I just need to see the connectivity that we all have that we don't seem to appreciate yeah, or that. understand. Yeah. Can you tell me the <laughs> about the most embarrassing moment in your life, the most embarrassing thing you've ever experienced? But I don't want the sentence. I don't want an explanation. Just tell me in forwards and forwards only. Okay. Pressed, late, walk, release. That's my I most embarrassing many reasons right now. moment in forwards. One reason is there is a song by a comedian that has immediately come to mind as you said that, but I cannot sing it because it is related to R. <laughs> Kelly. And I do not do anything to do with R. Kelly. Oh, Lord Jesus. So I hate you and I'm moving on. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Please recommend that you believe we absolutely (laughs) must check out. First one is by Michael J. Sandel. It's What Money Can't Buy. I think everybody should read that book. Um, You know, at one point, people were always talking about Malcolm Gladwell, who I think is an amazing author and an economist and just an all-around great academic. But yeah, This, this, this definitely will change your perspective completely in terms of what you, how you interact with the world, what what services, what what custom is, what commerce is, and what people are prepared to appropriate it to be. You know, the strangest things are spoken about and um, uh, written about in this book. And I'm on my second time reading it. You know, it was was like when I first, you know, realized, uh, when I first read Chaucer, which is the Canterbury Tales and stuff, which is literature, but this is like literature for commerce, for the mind, and how you interact with with it. So yeah, definitely What Money Can't Buy um, by Michael J. Sandel. That's the first one. I would say Consider Fabulous um, by Ian M. Banks is the next book I would recommend. It's it's actually pretty, it's pretty freaking impressive, man. Like if you're like a Trekkie or like a Star Wars, or if you're like a Stargate Dynasty, like any of those sci-fi sequels that explore that, dynamic they based it on his stuff a lot of it so you know the Gene Broddenbreeze and the George Lucas's can go and take long running drums to stand at the end of the fashion please tell us where we can find you and engage with your brand and 
all that you are, all that you're interested in, all that you're building on this here Wale Shoyinka's interwebs. So you can you can definitely find me on Instagram, although to be very sincere, like the last post I did on Instagram was three black posts. Um uh that was pretty much it. That wasn't me. But Instagram under my name, Shay Awilisi. Um, I'm on Twitter, the screaming echo chamber of places to be. Mainly Instagram and Twitter because I'm an avid photographer. Um, I used to be on Shutter Chance. I still think I even have an account there or whatever. Just type my name in. Most of my things are either under my name, Shay Awilisi, or under Cerebral. Cerebral soul or cerebral causality, which is, yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's it. And I have my blog, Cerebral, my WordPress site, which I have not yet updated anything to in a very long time. We we know you haven't. We know. We we, we know. We're sad-eyeing you. <laughs> yeah, no, really. No, this has been very, very helpful. Um, thank you so much. I, we didn't even get into the other cocoa of stuffs, but this, even with what you shared, I'm, I've definitely learned more about you, more from you, and I'm really happy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm definitely going to call you when the when I'm doing... So the show is called God Is, which... Have I told you about it before already? No, I just refer to you as God Is Orica. Well, it's called God Is, and mm-hmm. it wasn't intended to be a play on my last name at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but at some point in my head, I have a version there's several trailers but one of the trailers i'm just going to say god is and then different people will then end the sentence with what god means to them okay that sounds fantastic and so conversations with people who are you know traditional worshipers people who used to be jewish who are now Sikh, whatever the religion is but it's not a religious podcast Mm -hmm. i understand yeah it's not a faith base it's not converting anybody it's just that word itself how do you connect to it? What are the interactions you have with that word? What do you feel about that word? Mm. Um, and you just talk about it from whatever, paranormal experience, not paranormal experience, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm like, seriously, I'm lucky. I'm very thrilled that you're, you're going to do that. And I, I definitely would love to be uh, a guest on that and, and speak on that. I'd love to have you on, yeah. And it's going to be different to this one in a sense. With this one, I'm more or less just, we record, I edit a little bit, but not really. I take out either too many ums or all the times when we get up and like, oh, my internet mm-hmm. is down or whatever, you know, just to, that's all. But with this one, it's going to be, the format is like a an reported interview. So okay. once we're done talking now, for example, I will then go back because I'll basically be trying to cut it down to 30 minutes and just take the, the key points. No, not this one, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant! Yeah. Why are you <laughs> This one, if you spoke for four hours, they are going to get the four hours like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> Does it? Like this was? I'm going to give them like he gave me. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> Please see show notes for information on Nigerian organizations that provide counseling, actively campaign for the protection of human rights and provide support for people who have lived through various forms of human rights violations. If you can, please visit their website for ways you can volunteer your time or even show support through donation. Thank you. 
My mother told me that she will buy me a rubber dolly if I was good, good.